you ready to? So that's exactly, you took the words out of my mouth there, Mike. Thank you very much. So, so welcome everyone. And just before we kick off, just want to remind you all that this is not an AA meeting. It's just one member's take on the exact nature of the wrong as described on page 64 of the AA Big Book and the solution of the 12 steps. Now, just a reminder that this meeting is being recorded and it's also being streamed live on Facebook. Also, please, uh, just to let you know, this is not an all share meeting. Rather, it's a Q&A um, to get Paul's take on the steps. So if you've got any questions while you're here in this in this Zoom room or you're on Facebook and you're watching, just uh, whack, it, whack your questions in, type them in, or you can send a question to me or raise your hand in the participants column and we will get your question to Paul. So I'm going to start off as we do with the read. Oh, just also, just to remind you, if you've never been here before, you can find all of Paul's um, videos, his audio, his documents, and those fabulous T-shirts, um, and his book, Under Arrest, um, at his website, which is zenbitchlap.com. So here's the passage today is from page 25. There is a solution. There is a solution. Almost none of us like the self-searching, the levelling of our pride, the confession of shortcomings, which the process requires for its successful consummation. But we saw that it really worked in others, and we had come to believe in the hopelessness and futility of life as we had been living it. When, therefore, we were approached by those in whom the problem had been solved, there was nothing left for us but to pick up the simple kit of spiritual tools laid at our feet. We had found much of heaven, and we had been rocketed into a, rocketed into a fourth dimension of existence of which we had nev not even dreamed. The great fact is just this and nothing less that we have had deep and effective spiritual experiences which have revolutionized our whole attitude toward life, toward our fellows and towards God's universe. The central fact of our lives today is the absolute certainty that our creator has entered our hearts and lives in a way which is indeed miraculous. He has commenced to accomplish these things for us which we could never do ourselves. And with that, I'll hand it over to Paul. Thanks, Paul. Thanks, Dave. Uh... Thanks everybody, Paul Alcoholic. First off, I wanted to share that we have a regular Saturday meeting on another topic. That's not gonna happen this Saturday. I have to do a AA event thing. So um, I don't have to, it's a privilege really. So there is a solution, there you go. I mean, that's a mitre, that's, a, that's an incredible uh, boundary line between hopeless state of mind and body and seemingly hopeless state of mind and body. Yeah. There is a solution, then the hopeless state of mind and body can be seen as a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body. It's quite a lot based on our condition, not its condition. So, uh, again, we come to believe he talks about so he talks about some of the working steps and uh what's going to happen is it's going to be well he says a deep and effective spiritual experience most people when they read that they go to the appendix which describes because a lot of people got confused when uh, bill w shared his uh you know sudden light experience they thought that was the only way it should demonstrate and therefore any other way was not noticed or appreciated. And so they had to open that up and make it clear. 
Uh, yeah. So, yeah, it's just, you know, there's so many beautiful readings. So, and the idea that the central factor of our lives today is the absolute certainty that our creator has entered into our hearts and lives in a way which is indeed miraculous. You may find fault in the wording or, or whatever, but the fact is that unsuspected resource is now uh, quite assured, yeah? Something that wasn't playing seemingly much influence on our life now is the most influential aspect of our lives. And I think how the life is going has a lot to do with that, that shift. And I like the way it says in the fear of inventory, you know, perhaps there's a better way trusting something infinite rather than finite self. So I think, believe, I believe that's sort of the migration that we're in. And we're leaving uh, a failed system and are now relying on a working system. And therefore, it's sort of like the plant really demonstrates the condition of the soil, the water, the light, and the pot more than itself. So if it has, uh, it is a rose plant no matter what, but its rosiness is really determined by the pot, how much sun it gets, the soil, and the water. So in a way, we are something, but it, that something's fruition or expression is going to be dependent on the conditions it's living in. And now we're not living in a condition of, of, uh, <laughs> of <laughs> base anxiety because we're trusting something that doesn't, isn't worthy of trust, obviously. And we followed its directions and we've ended up in places we didn't want to go. So we're really uh, in a bind because the thing that we're relying on, we're identified as. So it's difficult to rely on something else without truly seeing the act of being identified on that you used to rely on. Because then when you attempt to rely on something else, it will be a reliance on that self. Yes, do you see that? It's an important vision, so to speak. If I don't see uh, the, the idea that self has defeated us through its manifestations, then when I attempt to trust the infinite, I'm actually trusting the finite self to do that. Yeah. And so there's a, a lot of people see the statement, all right, obviously trusting the finite self hasn't worked. Now I'm going to trust the infinite. And it would be beautiful if it was that simple in a way. But it's truly not because the act of being identified is really the root of the problem. So we try to get out of self as self. Yeah. So we try to get into God as self instead of seeing you're not self and then finding out God, so to speak. And I think that's a fundamental movement that in a lot of lives goes unnoticed and creates such a freaking havoc because then the solution can't really produce the full bloom of the rose because the same soil came along with the new pot and the same fucking uh, water that never quenches came with the same pot. So the rose is still, it's seemingly free, but it's still defined by the problem because we're in the act of being identified as the problem. So 
this is why we share one of the, I always say why, there's thousands of reasons, but it is an important one because things have become clearer to some that aren't clear to many. And it's almost a responsibility for that, for that some to share it without expecting any fucking results or just, just the, just the possibility of it being heard is the job or the seat assignment. It doesn't matter what happens, but the fact is you've heard a possibility. Yeah. Without hearing the possibility of many of us never get to that possibility. One of the ways you get there is like traumatic event or a white light experience, or you hear it. Yeah. You hear it from others and then it finds a home in you. And then, uh, that rose can really bloom. And then you see, you know, that something is truly doing for us what we can't do for ourselves. You know, that becomes the fundamental posture you're in. That's like the, that's like, uh, you know, dead man's pose in, in, in yoga. It's, it's that you're just, yeah. So, uh, thanks Dave. Thanks for the reading and thank God there is a solution from a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body. If it was a hopeless state of mind and body, the only solution would have been the old trusted solution, which was to keep getting loaded, you know, or fucking kill yourself or get finally enough people intervening on your life and being put away somewhere or being up in the attic or wherever or Uncle Fred is living in the garage, something. Those would be the forms of the solution which weren't that much of a solution, yeah? Now there is a solution. A person who was crippled by this disease of alcoholism live and be a free man and woman a day at a time. That's an incredible solution. And one of the effects of this solution is the problem will not exist for you. Wow, that's an incredible solution. Because if you've lived under this problem, you've hopefully realized it's been existing as you. Yeah, it has, and it will continue, drunk or not, yeah, without seeing self can't get out of self. So thanks. Thanks very much, Paul. That was great and a great start off. So now I'm inviting everyone here or anyone here, if you've got a question on what Paul spoke about or indeed a question on the 12 steps and get his take on it, then I'm inviting you to raise your hand. Otherwise, it's up to me and I'm going to have to start off with a question. And um, it looks like it's me. So, Paul, um, I've, um, I've been doing a lot of work on um, six and seven over the last six months. And um, I've made a, a seven, a step seven on, on, I've made it into a bit of a ritual and, um, and, and really made it an important fact. I just wanted to get your take on, on seven, because it seems to me I've, I, in the past, I've perhaps glossed over it a bit, um, for whatever reason, I've just, I've looked at it and ticked a box, but I just wanted to get your take on particularly step seven and how, how you've done that, how you've actually humbly asked for those uh, character defects to be removed. Well, the humbly in that, uh, posture is based on being convinced in the first step and then and then the effects of coming to believe that something greater than us can restore us to sanity concerning that drink and then the third step so it's your intimation with the solution 
that really is the power of step seven. Because when you say I'm gonna I'm humble and I humbly ask that power, you've had an intimate or you've been at the effect of that power and you've been conscious of it, yes? Because you've been mm -hmm. sober. So therefore there's a lot of a weight there. There's a lot of juice. So mm. and after and you've gone through this uh, dance a number of times and you know how it ends and it ends well. So six and seven is really rooted in that statement of, you know, more will be revealed to us. And a lot of what's revealed to us are aspects of alcoholism. So we can see it's not us and bring it to step six and seven, my feeling. So, and, you know, really, uh, in a way, six and seven does you instead of you doing six and seven. So uh, it puts you in a position that was uh, introduced through the earliest steps. And in that steps of being entirely ready, yeah, mm. Mm. have stuff reconfigured. I don't like the word remove because it means I think energy can't be created nor destroyed. And basically energy is taking form and can be reformed here. And I think that's what the higher power does. It reforms old configurations that are rooted in being tattooed by the old employer. <laughs> now uh, we have a new employer, so it puts a new tattoo over it. You know, they have those tattoos that supposedly clean up the mess of another tattoo you had. Well. <laughs> <laughs> it's sort of like to me that's six and seven so the energy gets reconfigured and instead of uh reinforcing an enslavement uh it enriches your day yeah so and that and when you're enriched others are enriched that's how it goes i feel because you have it by way yeah so uh yeah that's how i see it and uh and seven is I like doing them at recovery meetings when I used to go to live ones. I haven't been to a new, they've started up here, but I haven't been uh, to one yet. Some, and uh, I found, because you hear a lot about alcoholism, even though the person thinks you're hearing about them, you're mostly hearing about alcoholism. Shares. <laughs> so then you, bring it to step six and seven there. There's a lot of energy there because that loving power is expressing itself through our group conscience. So there's, uh, there's more juice than the, than the individual parts, I feel, out of me. So, yeah. But yeah, some more than you bring that to six and seven. And it's sort of like, do you stay up all night, you know, praying and hoping and having a lot of anxiety that the Because you're in the habit of knowing the garbage man comes every Wednesday. So all your job is is to put it out. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. That's the spirit of it. Yeah. I don't okay. stand there and then you know go over each article as it's being taken away by the garbage man going, No, I'd like that back, you know? No. <laughs> You have a role and it ends at you ask that power to remove it or reconfigure it. That's it. Your job's done then. Yeah. Yeah.
Okay. Thanks. Oh, that's that's really great. Thank you very much. So, um, got Jacob's got his hand up. Before I go to him, just to remind everyone, just get your hand up. Um, we 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 are very we're open to any question. Doesn't matter what kind of question it is about recovery. Then just raise your hand up. There's no question that's too stupid unless you meet. So please um raise your hand. Let me say about entirely, entirely yes. the effect of the previous steps. Obviously, mm -hmm. by working the first five steps, uh, even though you don't believe it or not, you're entirely ready to have the shit removed. Yeah. 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 So the entirely ready is like a crescendo of the first five steps, so to speak. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, and when your head, if you're waiting for your head to tell you're entirely ready, don't just uh, just assume you are and do the and then do step six and seven. You don't have to, you know, find out if it's true or not because you, in a way, we're infected with something that causes us not to be able to see clear between true and false. Yeah. So. The condition your head is telling you you're in may not be the condition you're in. Yeah. So mm -hmm. I'm not ready. Well, I don't know that about that. You've done the first five steps. I think you are ready. Yeah. 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 It talks to us as us, the disease. Yeah. So it, pro it proclaims that we're not ready. We have faith in that. Yeah. And therefore we don't do step seven. We just, oh, I'm not ready to have the shit removed. Who's telling you that? What's telling you that? Isn't it the head? And isn't that where the problem resides? Yeah. Yeah, isn't it really? It is. Mm. If you take everything it says to be true, you're really in the act of being identified as self because you're having faith in it instead of the infinite <laughs> you know, basically oh i don't think so well if you're believing the thoughts about your condition well you are because let the power tell you what your condition is yeah 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 mm. it's like the idea of you have to have it to give it away i'm not a believer in that i believe if you're willing to give it away you have it yeah uh, mm. That's the attitude I, I've experienced in this life. I believe I showed up with absolutely no qualifications, yeah, to to participate in some role in re recovery and something came through all the fucking time, yeah? So it wasn't like I had to fulfill a resume to, uh, to be worthy of that position as long as there was willingness i was going to be used yeah yeah hmm. by this new employer i feel yeah ready or not <laughs> i don't say you're ready and willing i think it's willing and then you're ready yeah i do <laughs> I don't know about your experience, but that's mine in the program. If you're waiting to have it, who's going to tell you if you have it? The problem. Mm. <laughs> Who can trust that report? 
<laughs> you have it by giving it away. So do, are you ever in the act of having it? No, because the act of having it is giving it away. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Does how you have light or does light shine? Light shine. Yeah. You don't have the light. The having of the light is when it's shining out. Yeah. Far out. Yeah. You have light by giving it away, so to speak. <laughs> yeah. Just one insane member of recovery sharing, you know. Yes. Yeah. Thank you very much. I really appreciate it. So, Jacob, you've got a question for Paul. Good to see you, mate. Yeah. Uh, more just wanting your thoughts on a, a statement that I heard recently, uh, reportedly the words of Millarepa, where he said that suffering becoming oh, bliss. Who Millarepa yep. was, because a lot of people may not know. <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah. So, so Millarepa... The Tibetan monk, yeah, who purportedly uh, attained enlightenment in one lifetime, yeah. Um, Yeah, he was saying that suffering becoming bliss feels so good that feeling bad feels good. And he was speaking of things like uh, harrowing visions or or terrifying voices that he approaches those with, with a bravery that it feels good to feel bad. Like it makes him feel really good to, to be in those fearful situations. And that seems to be maybe an extreme of six and seven and also nine when we go out and, and take on these, these actions that otherwise we were feel fearful of, or that, you know, give us trepidation. Uh, But that just really struck me that idea of that, that, suffering can become bliss or that we can approach suffering anxiety um in that way i mean i remember being in the throes of you know meth psychosis or just every single day a hallucination or being up for multiple days and to be able to consume those feelings with uh, with that type of zeal or or yeah, uh, to, to be able to approach it with that, with that method. Um, yeah, could have been a, a, a lifesaver, completely transformed the experience and, and brought me to sobriety sooner. Um, who knows? But nonetheless, uh, it was a curious idea. And I wanted to get your thoughts on turning suffering into bliss. Well, you don't do that, but you're here now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so uh, I think if we, you know, I find, uh, you know, recovery is a process, yes? Yeah. It's a process, there's 12 steps, there's stuff that happens. So a lot of times people nowadays don't want to go through a process. If the process entails feeling uncomfortable, their fear of feeling uncomfortable, as you were just saying, is so strong that they won't go through the process, which is going to allow them to get stabilized in a much better condition. They take a pill, or they do this, or they do that, yes? So Mm -hmm. there's a lot of 
uh, things that are available now allowed us to allow us to jettison out of processes that are actually part of how life changes. Yeah. We want to we want to subvert that and just I just want to feel comfortable. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But a part of growth is uncomfortable. You know, when you grow out of a pair of shoes, it's uncomfortable wearing those old shoes because your feet are too big now. Yes. The uncomfortable ability is it is an indication to get a new pair of shoes. Yeah. You may see it as a real drag. Yeah. So now you just don't go out anymore when it need when you need to wear shoes. Yeah. So you these 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 rotations of life are necessary. Just like, you know, spring leads into summer, summer leads into fall, fall leads into winter. There's not just winter, yeah? It's a constant uh, movement, and it's all part and parcel of something. And the head just wants to parachute out, you know? I don't want to feel any discomfort. I don't want to do fucking anything, you know? I don't want to put pen to paper. I don't want to go to that meeting. I don't want to move the chairs. Because for some reason, we're comfortable in in a very deep discomfort in a weird way yeah so the idea of uh suffering turning into joy is is the recycling event of recovery you know a life that you thought was worthless now is put to great use that past that you wanted just to forget and deny and drink over when surrendered through being recovered yeah, is now put to great use in helping others. This is, this is, this isn't, you know, the whole life is like a recycling process. For us, it's the, the, uh, how it's, how it occurs in our life is through recovery, through Alcoholics Anonymous, but basically, this is what life's like. You go through processes, just like the caterpillar turns, you know, the larvae caterpillar into the butterfly. It's just not like butterfly. It's a process. Yeah. Now, if you want to back off because you're afraid as the larvae, in our case, we should question that voice because it may be the problem. It may be the alcoholism that's talking as us to us. Yeah. And it doesn't, it's trying to shield and support and reinforce its survival at the expense of ours. Yeah? Because a parasite and a host very rarely is it a win-win situation. There's always exceptions. But in most cases, the parasite, its winning is the host losing. <laughs> yeah? <laughs> That's how it goes. So... I don't know what brought me to finally be willing to do what I was completely unwilling to do for years. I think it's a divine intervention. But I did the steps. I did. You know, I forced myself to sit down for an hour every Sunday to do an inventory without any understanding about how the first column was it was connected to the fourth column, but I tried my best. Then the process of life got me to a meeting where I heard about Joe Charlie's big book seminar and I signed up and I went to it and they illuminated me with their take on the fourth step. So I did it again with an understanding 
and it was fucking rocket fuel. It was like, yeah, I now got it. I saw my role in things. And then by finally being at that point, I started to see something else's role in things, which is we call self. Yeah, I wasn't going to be able to see self's role unless I saw my role because my role and self's role is all mixed up. Yeah, if I'm denying everything about my role, it's a perfect camouflage for self to dominate my life. Yeah. So I have to do go through the process because what's revealed is there's something foreign in there's something not of me that can be removed. Yes, that can be that can be outgrown. Yeah. Yeah. So the whole point of recovery is a process. Yeah. Who wants like it says, who wants to admit complete defeat? That's uncomfortable. Yeah, but the uncom- the long-lasting uncomfortableness of a deadened life through fucking being muffled by alcoholism, fuck, that's the that's like death of, by a thousand cuts. I'd rather have it swift, you know. I'd rather have a recognition I'm on a dead horse and get up instead of buying new saddles for it or trying to fix the old one and making up huge stories why I'm not going anywhere because I'm riding a fucking dead horse or it's riding me really yeah so yes I can see the picture because he knew it at work so that so therefore he felt great joy when the suffering became obvious or the craziness of the head because then the disease was revealing itself and that can, then it can be removed. You see it, and you ask that power to remove it. Yeah, that would be the recycling from the from the suffering to the bl- joy. I don't like bliss, the name word, but from the suffering to the contentment is is the recycling of recovery. Yeah, through six and seven, you lessen you 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 will. You rely on something to lighten the imaginary load you're living under all freaking day. Yeah? And so you start traveling lighter through a Monday, through a Tuesday, through a Wednesday, through a Thursday, where you used to not travel lighter through a Monday, a Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. And that lightness accumulates, yeah? And it grows bigger, and you can enjoy peace of mind. You get established in like a sense of satisfaction and a contentment, not driven all day by a fucking pang of, of, of fucking unrequited desires. But no, you're just chilled out and you're sort of cool about it. Yeah. Man, what a transformation. So, yeah. And the thing is, the, the process of dying when you're not dead, which to me is... The act, the, the, the effects of untreated alcoholism. You're pretty much dying vertically. Yeah, you're in like a vertical coffin. Uh, so I mean, that is, that's a long, dragged out affair, man. Fuck. <laughs> that's what it says about. Uh, you've realized what we just read here. What was it? Yeah. He says it very important. Uh, oh, but we saw that it really worked in others. And we had come to believe in the hopelessness and futility 
of life as we had been living it. Yes, that's being convinced. That's a primary importance. That statement. Yeah. We had come to believe in the hopelessness and futility of life as we had been living it. Yes. Thank God this we can live in different ways. Basically, you could say AA sees it in two options. Or like Jesus supposedly said, you can't serve two masters at the same time. Or in the Indian thing, you know, there's two wolves. The, the, the stronger wolf be the, it will be the one you feed it. You know, these are saying the same thing. That, hey, trusting something infinite rather than finite self. Yeah, that's basically how it's going. Yeah? Yeah. So the processes are working to reinforce us and break out of the gravitational pull of self and enter the gravitational pull of the infinite. Yes, that's the process. Have you ever gotten into, like, have you ever gone fast and then you get behind something that's going fast and there's, there's a, what do they call it, a drag? You get pulled by the momentum of that car in front of you yes yeah it pulls you you're not even touching the gas anymore that's a lot of recovery that's what it's like as you get more into it (laughs) truly yeah Yeah. something's pulling you something is pulling you something is bringing shit out of you that you may not even know is available so yeah Trust the process, yeah? Learn that you can face life successfully by just facing life. That's how you're going to (laughs) learn. You know what I mean? Instead of taking a pill to avoid what you think is going to be a lot of discomfort by uh, doing an inventory, you just say no to the pill and you do the writing. And you share it with another person and voila, you realize you were completely wrong, like usual, and you feel a whole lot better. (laughs) (laughs) how many times how many examples will you need i don't know but this program works so you're going to get examples of its working and hopefully you know the resistance will uh weaken (laughs) i don't know yeah thanks Thanks. cheers jacob good to see you mate Thanks for everything you're doing with this group, by the way, as well. Lisa Gray, you got a question? I do. I think you might have kind of answered it a little bit. But um, this is my first time in the group, and I, I love it. I love everything that you're saying. I'm taking notes really quickly. Anyway, I was I when with your opening, you talked about the spiritual awakening and being in the pot, which I I was wondering if you could kind of expound on that a little bit where spiritual awakening versus enlightenment coming from in, in inside as a, or outside. Cause you mentioned, you know, you hear it or, um, cause I'm, I'm thinking about enlightenment, you hear it or you experience it is kind of what you said. And I'm just, I thought maybe you could kind of like pull that out for me a little bit. Well, let's not go anywhere near enlightenment. Yeah. Okay. That's- let's just stay with spiritual awakening. Yeah, let's just say, let's call it a psychic change or a personality shift. Sometimes oh, like 
Awakening has too much meaning now if you've read a lot of books and shit. So basically, I feel we're already awake, but we're not in the awareness of that, so to speak. Yeah, because we're up the ass of self. So so we're, we're not, but there's an obsession with a narrative that precludes our original condition to be obvious. Yeah. Your obsession with the, the imagery of Paul precludes what you are to be underappreciated, yeah? Because uh, there has to be an, emphasized, an emphasis in what you're not for it to appear to be you. <laughs> it, just, it demands a lot of, let's say, uh, energy because it's, it's trying to manufacture an imaginary thing. <laughs> so there's a lot of work. Now, underlying that is awareness, yeah? You would say that's the essence of awakening is being aware, yeah? So mm -hmm. we are being aware right now. We may be being aware of a lot of mental ideas and thoughts, which is, which is sort of uh, causing, seemingly to cause our aperture to be really, really closed down into obsessing over this idea of Paul, yeah? So we're missing the panoramic view, or as they say, we're missing the forest from the, uh, the idea of the tree, so to speak, yeah? Yeah, so let's, that to me is the basis of awakening. Uh, the spiritual awakening becomes obvious when the mental states are diminished, yeah? That's what the program does, really, yeah? You're right-sized, all these ways you... One of the main, one of the first effects they talk about in the third step is you'll lose interest in self. That's basically the drive. And self, where does self reside in the mind? Yeah. So, to me, the spiritual awakening uh, is more about what's undone than any doing of spirituality. Yeah. Yeah. So the mental knots are undone, and then the spirit becomes obvious. Yeah. Not to you, but as you. <laughs> yeah. So that for me is, is that. And then what were we talking about? The enlightenment is, there's just too many uh, landmines around that. Yeah. 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 You don't, don't worry about Enlightenment will take care of itself. Yeah. You wouldn't know if it ran you over like a truck, probably. <laughs> <laughs> there wouldn't be anyone left to know shit in a sense <laughs> there'll be a loss of interest in it and you will truly be on a need to know level and <laughs> that's on the need to know level cannot have any idea of enlightenment <laughs> tons of ideas none of them are close to any kind of clarity about the topic so we should just move on and realize that something's going to shift no matter what you want to call. And in that shift, what used to be underemphasized will be more emphasized. And that's the ability to travel lighter. Yeah. Because our nature is not of thingness or we're not a mental ideation. We're, we're awareness. We're, we're not of a 6-2 body frame. We're of no thing. Yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. so that doesn't have to be found, that doesn't have to be acquired or 
polished. It's there, bright as ever. What needs to be done is uh, the one that thinks has to polish it has to be dismissed. Yeah, and you and it it can't dismiss it, dismiss itself. That's the furthering of its job position. Yeah, self can't get out of self. So just remember that. It's going to mean a whole lot to you through this process, really. Self can get out of self is an incredible, it's, more will come out of that statement when you live it than books, 800 page books. That one little self can get out of self is like an incredible knockout punch. Yeah, and you'll just stay on the canvas and won't get up. And things get a whole lot different. <laughs> so, yeah. And what were you we talking about the experience and stuff? I got lost somewhere about the first. <laughs> I was thinking about the the pot, the rose in the pot. Oh yes. All right. So here's the potential of the rose is the bloom. Yes. Mm -hmm. It's fulfilling that potential isn't truly based on the rose. It's based on the conditions it lives under. Yeah. Because yeah. it is based on other conditions. Yeah. You have to have the good soil. You got to have sunlight, water. I see in my area where I live, we have a big yard. So the landlady and when they were living here, they put an irrigation system in. And the plants that are under the irrigation system are doing a lot better than the plants that are under me watering them. <laughs> because I forget or I give them too much. And these, some of these cactus around here are going off and I haven't watered them in years because they're getting watered by a system, by a process, yes? Mm -hmm. That does a better job with it than I do. So, so here's the rose. Let's say you're a rose, honey. And uh, that rose is comparing itself to other rose bushes and feeling very inadequate or I'm never blooming or some other bullshit coming from self-centeredness. And yet that rose bush, if put in the right pot and with the right light, it's going to bloom. Yeah. That, yeah. It's there. It just meets the right conditions. Or you can look at it as a Petri dish. We've been living in an Petri dish. And we do better in an alkaline Petri dish. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So the program is sort of moving us out of the acidic Petri dish into the alkaline Petri dish. And some qualities thrive in the alkaline Petri dish, which is surrender, humility, service, empathy, compassion, thinking of others, which doesn't have, they can't live a day in the acidic Petri dish. And what lived in the acidic Petri dish can't thrive in the alkaline. So fucking 40-year-old resentments, vindictiveness, vendettas, shit like that, they don't really thrive in the alkaline Petri dish. Yes? Yeah. I hope that paints a picture. So. Okay. Thanks very much, Lisa. Now, Oliver in Berlin, how about you? Hello, good day everyone. Um, uh, my question is about uh, how is solving a foreign uh, activity, which is uh, which is most of the time when I hear it, is it foreign activity? You're gonna have to 
a foreign activity. The Can you idea speak up a bit, Oliver, as well? Just speak a bit closer, mate, please. If that's okay. Thanks. Yeah. Selfing isn't a foreign activity. What we arrive at, the idea of self, is how I, I view the foreign activity. And it's basically just to produce an, uh, an emphasis or an imagery, yes? But selfing is just a brain activity, yeah? Uh, also, you know, um, I might have uh, understood a little bit, uh, you know, wrong here, but... Uh, uh, I'm having kind of uh, difficulties going from, you know, verbing to nouning and back, and back because of, uh, I guess, uh, the perception of, of selfing, you know, uh, uh, you describe it sometimes as a parasite activity, right? So the, something that uh, definitely is not a good idea to identify with, you know. And I, I can get that, I can understand that. But uh, on the other hand, sometimes I get the feeling that I am making too big of an enemy out of selfing and uh, kind of bedevil the whole thing, while at the same time, it's an integral part of my you know, everyday life experience. And it kind of doesn't feel good. It, it almost makes me want to go a little bit into a noun again, just accept it as a part of myself in order to, you know, just have some... Well, some yeah, you can do that. that too. You can do that too. But if there's an attention on that activity that precludes that you're something you're not, it needs to be emphasized so there can be a seeing of that. It's not about making it the enemy or the culprit. Yeah? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I would say that. That it's sort of like a God of the Old Testament. It's a jealous God. So it's, it's, it's uh, gulping down way too much attention and interest. And, it's, and it gets obsessed with itself. At, and it's very exclusive. It doesn't include any other possibilities. So that's why we paint it with a broad stroke so you can see it. Yeah. Of course there isn't a parasite. It's just an imagery so that instead of taking this whole thing as you, when it's 80% this activity of selfing, you may recognize that little aspect and have a, a more balanced uh, distribution of interest and attention. Yeah, because it's not going to lead you to that. It isn't. It's just going to soak up more and more. Yeah. So I'm not saying it's a parasite. It has a parasi parasitical nature in a way. Yeah? yeah. It wants you to be that. Yeah. It doesn't see you as anything other than that. Yeah. So if you're relying on that view, it's a pretty myopic view. Yeah. Yeah. It will try to become spiritual, but as that. Yeah. It won't say it's spirit. No. It doesn't because it's always whatever it comes in contact with, it's using it to refer back to as that, you know, I am become spiritual. I am becoming spiritual as this. Yes. Yeah. So because of the lack of balance, we tend to paint it in a contrast. Yeah. I don't live as if it's an enemy. <laughs> I just it's accepted for what it is. 
<laughs> those were my words to be what? you know precise um but uh, it's very interesting how you put it you know uh, when but i guess that's the feeling that i get when you say it wants you to think or believe this and that then i get a kind of i guess you know very cautious and careful feeling about it you know and that's why i um i guess uh for instance and uh, use this word the bedevilment of it and, and stuff you know because you know uh, this is just a phase yeah uh -huh. it doesn't stay that way just mm -hmm. like when you come into recovery maybe you're you're in recovery based on the fear of what's happened to you when you drink mm -hmm. but so you're you're maybe open to be sort of in a boot camp of recovery, but you don't live for ten years in a boot camp. Yeah, you start you start. Uh, you're not your pro recovery isn't determined on trying to move away from fear. You're now moving towards something. Yes. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. Yeah, it definitely does feel like that, and you know when uh, uh, that's why I like listening to you. That's why I listen to some old ones on. Uh, on a YouTube channel, and uh, I really do get something out of it. I, I wouldn't do it just, you know, uh, because I don't know. I, I want to get some answers right here, right now, and uh, you know, I don't want to do anything by myself. But uh, it, uh, I really do get something out of it. And uh, um, what uh, you don't like using, or uh, you are not using, uh, for instance, the term body mind is that you know the reason because you, uh, of your description of self inactivity you don't find it necessary or well i try to with this is a recovery so we try to speak about we try to use the word self mm -hmm. in right. the other in the other talks we give we don't use the we don't term use itself we call selfing yeah because there isn't a self but because in aa self uh represents a profound aspect a lot of the time like in that statement being convinced that self manifested in various ways is what has defeated us uh you know if they would have said being convinced the identification as the body mind manifested in various ways well, i would use that but because of the word self in the book and we're yeah we're speaking in the frame of recovery we use the word self yeah that's clear. Thank you. The selfing is of mind. The body is used to represent the act of claiming a lot of stuff. So when the thought system and the, and the hearing of the narration is going on, when something implies you, it's pictured as a body. Yeah. In the system, the mental system, when any part of the system implies or infers to the idea of you, the imagery is of a body. <laughs> That's how, you know what I mean? In other words, you could, let's say you're reading a book and then it, a word showed up and then it would say on page 88, what is that? That's what that word inferred. Well, the we're always being in, referred to page 88, so to speak, by the mental narration. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's it doesn't go directly like to the body. Visualizing, you know. it, yeah, it doesn't go directly to the body. It goes to the doer. 
the thinker, the feeler, the taster, the toucher, by claiming, doing, thinking, feeling, tasting, touching. And the second aspect of claiming to be the doer is the inferring that the doer is this body, or the thinker is this body, or the, the seer is this body, yeah? Oliver, yeah? Yes, yes, I'm here. Yeah. Yeah. It's sort of need uh, of a brain to materialize or visualize things. In exactly. It's because imagery is, imagery is really is another level of communication. Yeah. When something can be said and it, and it provokes an image, that's on another level of communication. Right. Yeah. And so... The head is using imagery. And so when you're chanting, you're not a body, it's held as a body doing that. Yeah? You see how, in a way, self-defeating it can be? Okay. Thank you, Paul. Thank you. You always uh, get me going, which is good. Thank you. Okay. Thanks very much, Oliver. That was great. Um, now, Stefan, you had your hand up. Um, Stefan Reed, I think. Do you want to ask a question? You're more than happy. If you wave your hands, I can unmute you there, but yes, you can lower your hand. Yes. Sorry, mate. Stefan, did you have your hand up? I'm asking you to unmute. Oh, yeah. Um, I think it's been, an yeah, I think it's been answered. Uh, uh, I just... It's an interesting. It's an interesting uh, noticing how how the miracle of life can be seemingly reduced or equated into a mentated realm. Yes, I swear to God, that's the. Um, It's almost like a trance. It's uh, a human soul gets tranced into believing falsely that the miracle of their soul aliving life can somehow be r reduced or equated into a mentated realm and the character that rides the horse in the mentated realm is them. It is not. Yes. The character in the, in the mentated realm that rides the horse is, is not us. And it's so beguiling and so powerful. Um, but it, but it can only exist, but the character can only exist in a mentated realm, a, a mentated realm where illusionary time is always in the picture, a mentated realm of uh, back and forth. Uh, it's, it's almost as if the impulse to get out of the head 
because the pain is so great, you can't leave life. There's no place to go, but, but there's an illusion that one can escape into a realm of mentation as a character. And again, I don't know, for me, this is the sense of true powerlessness and how a pain could be intolerable. That character that sits in the mentated realm representing us is such a powerful illusion, the suffering would be intolerable, not to mention the loneliness would be intolerable. Yes. Dear God Almighty. Hmm. Well, the beauty of it in one way is it's seemingly. Yeah will be true but it's not truth appearing yeah. but it's appearing to be true yeah and so yeah there is a solution <laughs> that was the beginning of the talk <laughs> I, got, I, I keep this beautiful story of the wizard of oz keeps coming to mind uh, the, the beautiful truth always seems to be that that we're always home. We're always home. Mm. Tried to jump over a rainbow, but was never necessary. No. Mm. It's hard if you are the rainbow, but hey. Yeah. So, so for you to jump over the rainbow, you need to believe you're something else. That's the mentated realm. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, but in fact, it may seem like 90 years, but it's really, it's just a feeling of time. It's, uh, it's illusory, truly. Yeah, and so, but I know that doesn't bring any solace when you're up the ass of self. So the up the ass of self, you need numbers of divine proctologists close by, so you can get pulled out. And then come to your senses once again and then yeah and hopefully tell the truth that things are uh in this quote quote unquote process of dreaming oneself out of the dreaming there's a lot of aspects like somebody uh from brazil i forgot his name said the dream becomes more real as the dream though the dreaming so it's beautiful it's like you really get the HD of the dreaming, but it's based on it seeing, it's based truly on it's being seen as dreaming because seeing it as real, we want to mute the colors, yeah? The mental state thinks it's better for it to mute the colors, yeah? To be concerned about, oh, this could be a lifelong depression, yeah? And yet, fucking not be able to enjoy a nice wonderful day you know it just goes so off and it refuses to admit the failness of the system that admitting to the innermost self isn't in the head yeah i don't feel it isn't i don't think that the head will admit a lot of shit but it will forget very quickly yeah to be struck sober and still be to be sober 33 years isn't a product of the head being convinced <laughs> it just wasn't <laughs> yeah so i know 
there's that unsuspecting resource isn't unsuspected anymore. Yeah. Thank God. So thanks. It's always nice to hear from having never left. Thank you very much, Stefan. Um, we've got two hands have just come up and we're sort of into the final straight. So um, if you can make your questions really quick, that'd be great. Ruby, first, you first. Hi, Paul. Hey, Ruby. Yeah. I, but, um, when you talk about the seeing and the feeling and the hearing and the tasting and the touching and and then you talk about the claiming of that. Um, that's just helped tremendously. I was working with the gal the other day and uh, she had a situation that she was, uh, I mean, she was really in this situation. It was uh, quite a situation. And, um, and all of a sudden I just saw my mom, like she was an operator with the board. And every time the gal would claim what she was going through, you could see where it was going to just, it would keep plugging into where it would, she could just keep claiming it. And I thought, oh my God, that's what it looks like. So I could see where, how that would happen. I mean, it was very visual for me. That's, I usually see more in pictures than I do word. Folk. So I, I just wanted to thank you for that because then after she was done, she looked at me and she said, well, you sit there so stoic. She goes, what, what are you seeing? So I told her that and it's just like it cracked it. So yeah. I just want to thank you so much for uh, allowing how this can work. Yeah, well, that's great to see you, Ruby, uh, expressing the effects of it, yeah. Yeah, I mean, and then I can, that claiming the mine, my, has just done wonders for myself and uh, the folks that, you know, I have the honor to, to work with. And um, uh, there's four or five people here in Wichita that are really booming. And I, it's just Pentecostal, and I love Pentecostal. So <laughs> I'll, keep, I'll keep coming back, sweetheart. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Cheers, Ruby. Thank you, Ruby, yes. Duncan, final question, mate, over to you. Um, hey, Paul. Hey, everybody. Duncan, alcoholic. Um, so just a quick question about this idea of like being rocketed to the fourth dimension and also, you know, sort of the way Bill T talks about his white light experience in, in the big book. You know, it, it does. And, and some people within recovery sort of seem to have this experience. Some people outside of recovery, you know, in their spiritual process seem to have this experience. Um, and that sounds like territory really close to this idea of enlightenment that, we, that we're not supposed to talk about. Um, <laughs> you know, so I'm just wondering if you had any thoughts uh, on, that, on that idea. Well, you know, when, let's say when Bill was in that white light, I would imagine he, he probably had the feeling that was home. So I don't believe uh, the being rocketed into the fourth dimension takes doesn't take any time and doesn't uh, transit any space because you are the fourth dimension more so than the third dimension. 
that you're putting around in a Toyota in. <laughs> My feeling. So I really feel what he was implying by the fourth dimension is our, is our nature. And maybe we're on a vacation visa or a work visa here, or a mix of both here in the third. Yeah. So in the third dimension, traveling lighter is, has a lot of value. In the fourth dimension, you are light. Yeah. So there you go. Uh, and uh, so that's my feeling. When I had three samples, it was a very strong uh, feeling that it's always been this way. Nothing ever, ever, ever really happened to override or to disguise this. It just was clear as day. Yeah. And it's carried with me for quite a while. Uh, yeah. So I don't like speaking about enlightenment much because none of us know anything fucking about it. So, yeah. And knowing about it is actually a deterrent. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, in my view. So, and, you know, my view is in an authoritarian view. It's just, Paul's view at the moment. I think the least you speak about enlightenment, the better. I'll tell you the truth. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, yeah. You, you know, it's sort of like uh, <laughs> you. What would happen if you spoke about LA and you were hearing it as if you were in Oklahoma, and then. In the framing of being in Oklahoma, you'd come up with all these wild ideas about L.A., what L.A. would be like. And then when you finally realize you're not in Oklahoma and you're in L.A., you may be disappointed. <laughs> Enlightenment may not be as great as you thought it was going to be. <laughs> Maybe it's looking just like this. What? <laughs> How could that be? Easily. This isn't true. <laughs> so I don't know. I think there's certain topics that it's better left unsaid, really. This humbling. Look at what awakening has done to poor people. Jesus Christ, they would have been better off if they never heard the word awakening. <laughs> they would have, most of us. The head just claimed it and fucking it created another dildo to fuck you with, you know. So got awake. Be awake. Why aren't you awake? I need to be awake. Oh, I. You know, it's just crazy. It's just another mental burden out of a beautiful, you know, position awakened. Yeah. <laughs> now I believe we're all awake. But here, you can seem to be awake to that, or you can seem to be asleep to that. Yeah? But that's that. It's <laughs> just awakeness. I don't see there's anything else. So here, in the dreaming, you can seem to be not awake to that. You can. Yeah? It can't last that long, 80, 90 years at the most. And in those 80, 90 years, you'll have tons of time that the the uh, emperor will have no clothes and the awakeness will be obvious. Yeah, but you can patch over those with like tires, you know, tire patches and keep on with the story. Yeah, or you can be 
uh, seem to be awake to that fact and travel lighter and maybe have an acceptance of shit about you that you would never accept if you were on the drive to become awake. <laughs> I don't know. It seems to, uh, yeah. So. Brilliant. All right. Thanks very much, Duncan. So just to remind everyone, we're here every Tuesday and Thursday. Paul has some other uh, meetings not to do with non-duality. Those are on Wednesday and Saturday, but Saturday isn't happening this week because Paul has a prior engagement. So just to remember that it's not happening on Saturday. But remember, we're here for the 12-step recovery stuff on Tuesday and Thursday at the same time. And Paul, would you like to say goodbyes now, mate? Well, first, the Saturday meeting will be open in the room, and I'll try to come in. But oh. I'm... Uh, the privilege of speaking at a big event for a guy's 30-year anniversary and i had he he was a early sponsor of mine and so yeah i nice. to, yeah i need to show up yeah can you so give I, us the details so we can go and zoom bomb it would that be all right <laughs> there won't be as any zoom there so uh okay so uh yes so i would just say goodbye to everyone yeah yeah let me see. Where do we start? Okay. Uh, okay, we got Stephen T. He's left the row. Oh, there he is. Nice to see you, Stephen. There, there. We got Jacob. Jacob, thank you for all the thing. I made some. I made some prints of that uh, picture. I, my gal may have ha may have it in the other room. She went pick them up. Awesome. Yeah, I'll show it to you guys uh, on Tuesday. Yeah. So we got Terry. Nice to see you. Terry's back from Maine. Yes. We got Paul, my uh, my T-shirt cohort over in the UK. Yes. We got Mike. Mike Z, the main backbone of the organization called ZenBitchLab.com. <laughs> <laughs> it's a flimsy read on us on a small <laughs> we got uh on i think nice to see you there we got kurt fantastic as always kurt thank you for the support we have tommy tommy's uh behind the screen rob far from the uk has left the building Roman, one of the main benefactors of Zenbitslap. Nice to see you, Roman. We got Alex, a lovely gal in the Hudson Valley. Always a pleasure. James Lebowski. James Lebowski, one of the main men of the Zoom world of Zenbitslap. Nice <laughs> to see you. Jesse, I got a... Uh, I was shown that picture of the lions. Very nice. I think it's going up on the website. Yes? Yeah, I think it's yours, isn't it? No? It's another Jesse. Oh, I gave you all the credit. That's good. Yeah. Oh, well, you'll see it. It's the four lions. It's pretty nice. One lion's dressed up like a guru, you know, talking to the other three lions. Yeah. We got Duncan. Yes, uh, Duncan. Very you're here, Duncan. Yeah. We
We got Virginia. Nice to see you. Virginia has resurfaced. Nice to see you, Virginia. Going. We got Ruby Rose. Our she's the our ambassador at the Zenbitslap uh, Embassy in Wichita. Very nice. We got Mike S from Madeira. Does a lot of service in Zenbitslap. We got Verena. Uh, I first thought she was from Amsterdam, but I've been proven wrong. It's Germany. Nice, nice to see you. Yeah, I just everything just moved. Hold on, here we go. There you are. Uh, we've got Stefan. Thank you for your share, Stefan. Yes. Hello. See you. We got Jason W from San Diego. Always a pleasure. Yes, Jason has now seen the perfected Jason as, as an act of selfing. Hallelujah. David G, he's the he was the originator of all this stuff, these Tuesdays and Thursdays. So let's thank him. Yeah, and maybe we'll. Uh, yeah, we got Carl. Nice to see Carl. Yeah, we got George's George. What he just escaped again. Oh, there he is. There's George. We got Adam in Toronto. Nice to see you, Adam. We got uh, Helen up in the Northlands of England. Nice to see you, Helen. It looks like there's a little light in there. There's some light up there. The last time I was in Norwich, it rained every day, all day, for seven days. It's incredible. Yeah. And I'd go back if they asked me. Yeah, we we got Connor, Connor from Dublin. There he is. We got Leah. She's chilling. Oh, there's Nina. Nina is there. Fantastic. Oliver. Oliver gets me going. That's very nice, Oliver. Yeah. Yeah. PK. Oh, he's on the boardwalk. Jesus Christ. One of my first arrests was under the boardwalk in Long Beach, Long Island. <laughs> I once outran a guy, an undercover cop, when I was young, through the sand. I could feel his hand on my shoulder, but I, it was like the uh, roadrunner. I just beep-beeped out of there. Yeah, I'm I, at Coney Island, but it's super loud, so I have to... Uh, it's crazy. It's like a sandstorm, Coney Island. Oh, yeah, I know. Coney Island's yeah, the same design back in Long Beach. Yeah. All right, we got... Uh... Thank you. All right, bro. It's good to see you. I think this is Kim. Kim N. Nice to see you, Kim. We got Vanessa from the UK. Nice to see you. Tanya from Cardenas. PK from New York, from Long Island City. We've got uh, Maggie. Mm, let's see who else. That's about it, I think. Hey, Hold thanks, on. everybody. Oh, there you what? Go. There you go. Can you see it? What? Oh, yeah, there it is. <laughs> we made a poster out of this. So you're going to have to sign up to see uh, if you want one. I think I'm going to try to frame them and then sell them for an exorbitant price. So... We'll see. All right, thank you. Yeah, that looks great, eh? <laughs> ah, 
We can start the meeting. Uh, all right. I'll see you. Adios. Bye. 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 Thank you, Paul. Bye bye. Oh, stop.